Hey everyone, this is X O'Connor, and before we start this week's episode, we wanted to give you a little status update on the review contest that's running through the end of the month of May. For any first-time listeners or anyone who hasn't heard about the contest, let me just give you the details real quick. We have a goal of hitting 100 reviews on iTunes this month. If we're able to hit that 100 review goal, we're going to be releasing 12 brand new techniques and tips videos that Seth and I made for free to everyone. That's six videos that are going to cover songwriting and six videos that are going to cover music production. And all of them are going to help you bridge that gap that separates the people who write or produce music as a hobby or a passion from the people who write and produce music professionally. As of this podcast, we're at 76 reviews. We're only 24 reviews short of our goal. And with just a few days left till the end of May, we need to kick it up a notch. Of the thousands of you listening, we just need 24 more reviews to get those videos released. If you're one of the listeners that hasn't left a review yet, don't rely on 24 perfect strangers to get it done for you. Take your destiny into your own hands and click write a review in iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love to hear all of your thoughts and it will only take you a second. Thanks again to everyone who has already left a review. We greatly appreciate it. Again, only a few days till the end of the month of May, so we need to get those reviews in. And as promised, following this episode, we'll be reading a few more of the new reviews, so make sure to listen close to see if yours is one of the ones to have made it on the show. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hi, this is Seth Mosley. And this is X O'Connor. And you're listening to the Full Circle Music Show, The Why of the Music Biz. This week, we were lucky enough to have with us in the studio David Franklin, also known as Dustin Fennison, a Spotify wizard. And he's going to tell us how he went from zero to 40,000 followers on Spotify as an independent artist. Yeah, and he's also been running an extremely successful playlist on Spotify, highlighting especially Christian music and worship music. He's got six practical tips for starting a successful playlist that he's going to share with us as well. And before we jump in, we just wanted to make sure you know about our Instagram. I think we have an Instagram. We do have an Instagram, and there's actually a lot happening with the Full Circle Music community right now. So to keep up with everything Full Circle Music, you want to follow us at Full Circle Music Co. on Instagram. Full Circle Music Co. Like K-O? C-O. 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 Full Circle Music C-O. Yep. As in company. Exactly. So yeah, there's a lot going on. And one of those things that we've had going on is that we have launched a record label, FCM Records, not too long ago. So I feel like in the last six months, I've learned more about the music business than I've learned my entire 10 years of living in Nashville. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Things are changing so fast. And the incredible thing is streaming and how it's really not hurting industry. It's changing It's disrupted the industry, but it's a really, really good thing. And a lot of us as songwriters have kind of had a hostility towards it. But David talks about that specifically in this episode and why streaming is not an option. You just have to get on board with it. Yeah, absolutely. And he gives some very good tips for how to do that. So yeah, make sure you listen all the way to the end. Anything else we want to cover? Man, I think that's it. It's a great episode. Like Seth said earlier, grab a pen, pencil, piece of paper, take some notes because there's a lot in this. You guys are going to love it. Well, let's jump right into it. Seth Mosley and X O'Connor here on the Full Circle Music Show. How's it going? Live here in studio in Franklin, Tennessee. This is actually going to be our last week. In this location. In this location. It's kind of sad. It is. 
I'm taking in the sights right now just to have a little snapshot in the memory banks. Yeah, so you're one of the last folks that'll get to experience this Full Circle Music Studio. A lot of music's been done here. Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel? This is kind of surreal, to be honest, to be the last person in this incredible loft studio where all the, the hits are tossed, right? Dude, the hits have been made. The kids have loved it. <laughs> so we've got, I'm just going to call you David Franklin. <laughs> David Franklin in the a, house. A Dustin Fennison, a.k.a. David Franklin in the house. And how I met Dustin was through Spotify. And that's going to be a big part of what we're talking about today yep. is... In the new era of music, it really is anybody's ball game. And so since launching our label, FCM Records, and putting out our first single, which was Tears by Matt Hammett, we see on the Spotify Artist Insights where the plays are coming from. Yep. Now, a lot of them were coming from a really big playlist that Spotify had added them to, which was their top Christian playlist. But then the one right under it was coming from this guy named David Franklin. I was like, who is this? He's got like 29,000 followers on this playlist. We're getting a ton of plays, lots of people saving the song. Mm -hmm. Matt's getting a lot of new fans. Yeah. And that's when I got the idea to search David Franklin on Facebook. And I think I sent you a message. You may have responded a few weeks later. And and here we are now. Here we are. <laughs> Thanks. It's brought together by David Franklin. David yeah. Franklin putting um, a face with the name. So why playlisting? Why Spotify? And why are you doing what you're doing now? I am an artist and a band also, write a bunch of songs and, and like everyone else, trying to navigate the new industry. There are avenues, traditional avenues of, of radio and finding partners with labels and things like that to get your music out there. But there are now, because of the internet and because of streaming, there are a lot of ways that we can connect to fans right where they're at. So it started with this experiment. You know, I was a fan of Spotify as a, as a user, as a consumer, loved the idea of having all this music at my fingertips and started to explore what would it look like if, you know, to playlist and promote our band. We had released an album about two, came about two years ago, did a traditional pre-order campaign with, with, you know, like paper, your address, we're going to mail these CDs to, to people who pre-ordered. You had done this yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. This all, was a thing you guys all ourselves. did. And we released it through Daywind, Vital yeah, Records, yeah. and they helped us out a little bit. And our, our producer, Aaron Rice, was very helpful as well. So, But our team did this. And it was difficult and didn't go quite <laughs> yeah. like we like we wanted it to. And once you kind of run that course, you realize, man, things have changed a lot. Yeah. When you're in songwriter circles, sometimes there's a little bit of animosity still uh, towards streaming because it's different. It's, it changes the whole pay rates for especially songwriters and publishers. Yeah. And there's still a little bit of, man, what's going to happen? And two years ago, two, three years ago, it was a little more hostility towards right. it. And so being caught up in that, that's what made me, you know, I'm going to make this separate Spotify account without my name on it yep. to give me a little anonymity to explore fully what Spotify does and what it can mean for artists. Just really hindsight, I probably wish I wouldn't have done that now, but that's, it's taken <laughs> on a life of its own and, and here we are. So I did it ultimately to, to learn about streaming, learn about the new music market and to promote our music as we wrote and released songs. So stepping into using Spotify, did you have a any kind of background in like digital marketing on the internet or anything like that? Was Spotify literally like, hey, this looks hot. Let's just try it here and see what happens. The traditional way is not working. Yeah, that pretty much is it. I do not have a background. I'm a pastor at my church. Have a, I have a finance degree in my undergrad. That's many years ago, theology degree. Mm -hmm. And and just a guy who writes songs and makes music and, you know, basic Instagram, Facebook use, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. 
a little bit of experience with building email lists and promoting our our next release, those sorts of things, yeah. but nothing, no professional background in this at all. Nothing on the scale of what you're doing. Gosh, now. no. Mm-mm. So what was your first step? I mean, you knew about Spotify. I'm assuming just from a consumer standpoint, what was your first step towards, I mean, you're at, you know, over close to probably what, 30,000 cumulatively? We're approaching that. Yeah, absolutely. Followers now. What was your very first step? I mean, how did somebody even get started doing it? My first step was really looking at other playlists that were out there trying to see kind of how this worked and what is the biggest Spotify playlist? What are they, what songs are on those playlists? Mm-hmm. What are the the ones that the labels own, the Sozos and the Topsifies and and those sort of, what, what's on those playlists? How long are they? And yeah. then just starting to put songs I like, songs I enjoy and songs that are popular onto the playlist. And to be honest, it, when it started, it was just promote it to a few friends, send it to you know people in our band, friends of ours, and then it took probably about a month or so of, of using the playlist and experiment before I saw a little a little bit of growth. When I say a little bit of growth, eight followers to like hey. 15. Mm-hmm. And then I know, okay, I don't know those seven people that just followed the playlist. Yeah. So something's happening, but it literally was that small. And then being committed to it and daily going to the artist, my artist insights page to yep. see the stats of how my songs in the playlist were being affected because that's as an outsider, as a, just a, re- a regular user of Spotify, yeah. I don't have deep data on my playlist. But as an artist, I have the Artist Insights account that give yeah. me a window into what my playlist is doing to my songs. Yeah. So there I can see, okay, there's people listening, people that probably not my mom and my, my wife yep. and probably not my close yeah. friends. Your inner circle of people. Right. Yeah. And then we you spit, send it out on social media. That gets a little bit of traction. But when it first started to, to grow by, you know, 10, a dozen, 15, get up to 50 to 100 people, I started, okay, there's the, the influence of what our band's fan base is anyway. And then it goes beyond that. Are these people that know about us already or these people that that have heard of us some through a camp or somewhere we've played. Yeah. And it became about four to five months into the process, very apparent that we're now reaching people that have never heard our music before. And when that happens, I get a little more obsessed and oh, yeah. I get a little <laughs> more like, I want to spend some more time really figuring out how this this works and pulling this apart. So that's why I started. And that's kind of was step one was building something, getting familiar with the platform and getting a small following and hopefully people that use this playlist. In terms of time frame, how how long was it from zero to, let's say, 30,000 now? It's been about two years, I would say. Just under two years, I would say, when I started really Mm -hmm. working hard on this. And again, it it was sort of like a a bell curve. It sort of feeds itself now. Um, At the beginning, it was very slow. Like when you first start, you might start a playlist. And one of the later ones I started that's a little smaller, you know, it took a month or two before it had a dozen followers, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it quicker to 50, then it's quicker to 100, then it kind of starts to grow a little bit on its own every day. Is is that because of a Spotify algorithm or is that just people searching it, you promoting it? You know, I'm not, I told you guys when we first met, I'm just learning kind of as it goes. I have no inside knowledge of how this works. I think that search in Spotify plays a, a large role in it. There might be some algorithm things that I don't know about, but by and large, I think the biggest factor that's kind of maybe the thing that bumps it up is is the playlist used. Mm-hmm. If it sits there dormant and nobody's ever listening to it, no matter how many followers it has, it probably will not 
be higher in the search rankings. Mm -hmm. But if people are using the playlist, which means it better be good and it better be updated, those sort of things, then I found that you know my Christian music playlist, if you search Christian music right now, I think of the user-generated playlist, it's one of the, one if not the top one that pops it's the, up. It's the top one. Yeah, We searched it and yeah. it's been verified. It has <laughs> been verified. Our, our fact checkers are on it right now. <laughs> You've heard it here and now. It's verified. So... As far as like time commitment goes, so when you were first starting out, you know, you said it was very slow growth. What kind of time are you dedicating on a daily basis to it versus like what you're doing now, now that it's taken off a good bit? Sure. Well, as an artist, I spend probably 15 to 20 minutes a day mm -hmm. searching yep. Spotify playlist, finding one I haven't seen before mm -hmm. or finding and, and finding the person through Facebook or social media and saying, hey, love your playlist. I got the song might be a great fit. Would you check this out? And I think a lot of artists are doing that now. So that's Absolutely. 15 minutes of my time, probably mm -hmm. a day. Again, I don't get obsessed where I stay up all night just yeah. finding everyone. It's just a little bit every day. And then I'll pull my stats up, my artist stats up and I'll look, okay, what happened literally yesterday, are we growing? Are we shrinking? Those sorts of things. Then from there, I'll look at the playlist and I'll adjust and, and update. And if somebody sent me songs to listen to, I'll try to do that. But I probably right now don't spend more than an hour, hour and a half, 90 minutes a day. The key is I do it every day. Consistent. Consistent. And that's about the same as when you first started to? Yeah, there was times when, again, when you see the growth and you yeah, just yeah. sort of get a little, little you excited. You want to dig more in, yeah. And, and again, I say that that's direct contact with the playlist and doing this, but man, I read myself to sleep every night on my Feedly app and, yep. and every music industry blog that talks about streaming, I probably follow it. And, and as far as, I just want to learn. I want to know what's happening, what's working. And so I spend a lot of time educating myself as well. And just like anything you're passionate about, right. you know, the passion just fuels the desire to learn more and sure. to grow more. That's awesome, man. So you're one of the few people that has come to our podcast interview prepared with notes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just always... I love it. I, I love, love it. it. I just <laughs> sat down with a piece of paper. I was like, this is going to be awesome. So you've got some pretty clear tips for people wanting to start a playlist. Right. I, and like I was telling I think a lot of people are now on the train as far as if I'm an artist, I can pitch my songs to playlists. Yeah. And there's a lot of artists doing that. There's a lot of labels doing that. Yeah. It's funny, it's accelerated in the last three months because you know the report comes out, streaming's now bigger than everything else and we're making money again. The music industry's growing, that's awesome. Yeah. And now you'd be, when the since then, probably doubled the amount of pitches I'm getting. So that's interesting. So everybody needs to be doing that. That's great. But on the other side, building your own playlist, I think is something that's saying, well, why would I... It's very important, but I, if you're going to do it and you want to do it, I do have kind of maybe some best practices here real quick. A little Let's do how it. To. All right, fantastic. First, go ahead and if you're not on premium, on Spotify premium, get on. just go ahead and get on it. Support the industry, support your music. It's, it's important, I think. Um, invest in yourself and invest in music in general. As a user. As a user, yeah. I, again, if I had it to do again, I probably would have just done it through my, my band site and yeah. been, it'd been easy to brand. But man, whatever you've got, you don't have to create a new account with a different, I, I wouldn't do that again if I could go back. Just your personal account or your artist account, either one, you can do it from either. Second, spend time and explore. Look at playlists, see what other people are doing, see what the labels are doing, see what spot when in Spotify is top Christian music. See what's out there and see what's trending. Go to not even that, look at the artists on those. Go to the artist pages and click the about section, and that tells you an incredible amount of information. Matter of fact, at the very bottom of that, you can see, okay, what are the playlists that drive traffic to this artist? And you can find, okay, here are the influential playlists that 
people are discovering even bands like like Mercy Me or Matt Hammett or yeah. you know whoever it happens to be the Newsboys and you can see okay this is driving you can say okay I can look at what's happening here with this artist so explore it get a premium yeah. account and, and explore it I didn't even know that that Spotify gave you that front facing information as a user I, right. I think the first time I learned that was sitting with you last week that you can literally go to about and see okay well this person is winning on this playlist and this playlist and this playlist it's amazing sure yeah. Yeah. And if you're an artist, I can actually go see who's feeding our account and I can at least go thank them yeah. or find out who they are and find out more about them. And maybe they like another song. You know, I love that. Third is make sure, and I'm kind of assuming you're on Spotify Insights and you've got that all going for you, but I don't want to take that for granted. It's really important. And I think it's opened up to just about anybody now. It used to be there was a threshold of so many followers and you had to be verified. Mm -hmm. But I think in the last few weeks, even, they've opened that up to just about any artist. If you have music on Spotify, you can get an account mm -hmm. and see your insights. Because as a user playlister, you don't have the information and the data that, that labels have access to for your playlist. Mm -hmm. So the only way I know the metrics for my playlists are the ones that are on that front-facing public knowledge mm -hmm. and the ones that I can see from my artist account because my songs are on the playlist. Does that right. make sense? If, right. And that's where I learn the most. Like if I move a song to the middle of the pack, how does that impact plays and streams? Mm -hmm. So where you're physically moving the song in order on the playlist. Sure. If I go from 35 songs to 45 songs mm -hmm. for a month, what does that do? In the early days, I kept a spreadsheet. Like every day I would like look at the numbers, write them down. Now, yeah. because of the insights, I don't have to do that. It's all sort of there for me. But yeah, make sure you're on the insights because that'll give you the data you need to kind of evaluate where your playlist needs to go next. Next, and this is really important, I think, name your playlist, naming it. If this is, if the point of playlisting is for growth, promoting your music, promoting the industry, then it's probably not, in terms of marketing, the best time to name it a walk in the meadow on Sunday afternoon, deep in thought. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or any crazy yeah. creative playlist name. Because from what I found is people have to actually search for your playlist. And so it would be, an I'd say, and I've kept mine very basic, Christian music, 2017 yep. is my biggest one. Worship music, 2017 is the worship music one. I have one called Contemporary Christian Music. And I just keep them very general and generic and basic that I also think of my mom. Like my mom is, I bought my parents Sono speakers for Christmas. Yeah. And set up, of course, they're not really into streaming so much, but they love Christian music and listen to the radio. So I set it up with them and set up, Christian Music 17 for them and they can from their phone start a song anytime. But I think if my mom were going to engage with the Spotify platform, how would she do it? Yeah. And she wouldn't necessarily type an artist into search. She wouldn't even know necessarily the name of the song she heard that she liked yeah. to search, but she would type in Christian Music and that would bring up playlists or, or radio stations of the sort. Yeah, so it's it's literally just taking an, an SEO approach to it. Yeah, yeah. being smart or, with the keywords and just... Yeah, people are searching for this and this and this. So does that play in? Because I know we're talking very specifically on Spotify mm -hmm. here. Do you use any tools like Google Keywords or App Search Planner or anything? Or is that kind of irrelevant on Spotify? I'm right now just concerned with what you search for in Spotify. Mm -hmm. And my experience to this point, and it could be as I'm learning and growing and, and figuring these things out, but if I search Christian Music Playlists in, on Google... Google gives preference to, you know, their stuff. For, it doesn't quite translate the same way. Yeah. And I haven't messed 
too far deep into that yet. And I don't know how beneficial that would be for a playlist my size or an artist. I don't know what type of funding it would take. Yeah to get us there. So no, I haven't done the the AdWords with Google with these playlists yet. Sure. The name is important, I found. Yeah. Then the next step, of course, is build your playlist. Once you name it, build it. And it, it's very important. Stay in your genre. Know your genre. If you're a Christian rock, and that's what you do, man, make your, whoever listens to Christian rock, make sure you've got the bases covered. If it's worship music, it's worship music. You know, it's not, this isn't the time to get super eclectic and impress everybody with your obscure musical taste. At least if you're marketing to, you got to think almost like a radio station a little bit. But that said, I'm assuming also that the people in the Christian music industry that make Christian music also like Christian music, you know, and we want to listen to these these things. So I kind of got a guideline for that. Number one, 10 to 15 songs that you love in your genre. Mm. So what do you love? What are you going to listen to? What's going to make you, I want to check the playlist out because it's got some songs I love on there. I try to stay on the current side of things in the last two to three years. I really like new releases, but I try not to get too heavy on new releases because Christian music tends to be one where people like familiar songs that yeah. is a little slower changing. So only 10 to 15. Well, it depends on the size of your playlist. Yeah. And I've got like four or five. I would say the first 10 to 15, I'm just to make it easy to get started, 15 songs you love. Mm. Yep. And then the next thing would be get 15 songs other people love. Mm. That may not be your favorite songs, but you go to Billboard or you go to whatever the charts are and you say, okay, here's the top 40. What are the songs that people are listening to and playing? Let's pick 10 to 15 of those Mm -hmm. that can go and support the playlist also. Mm. And again, you may love all of those songs, you know, but either way, you've now got 30 songs that are in the genre, that are popular, that are moving, that you love, that other people love too. Mm. And then the next thing, and this is, something that uh, is, is kind of newer to me, but go find five songs that are the biggest songs in the genre over the last five years. Okay. And again, there's a lot of those songs. You can, and if it's worship, you go to CCLI. If it's radio, you know, whatever that is, those are easy things to find out. And you might be, you know, as an artist, being in the industry, you may be tired of hearing these things over and over again. But man, my mom, I think of my mom again, she yeah. wants to hear Good, Good Father. You know, yeah. she wants to yeah. hear the big song, Oceans, you know, those yeah. sort of things. You have a lot to choose from there. So you pick five songs, that are the biggest songs in our genre over the last five years, put them in the playlist. And you told us before the interview that wasn't there a good, good father story of you, you, you maybe tried taking it out of one of your playlists? Right. And again, without <laughs> the the metrics of being able to see what happens, I, I'm assuming a couple of things here, but I did. I, I When I changed over to 2017, I tried to stay current. I took good, good father out of the playlist just to update it, just a normal yeah. update. And it had been in for a while. Great song. And I saw my usage numbers go way down <laughs> and, and it was out for like a month and it was a consistent and it could have been a coincidence. I don't know, but I put it back in and the numbers are, have never been higher. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just tells you, and I don't know how that directly affects, but it seemed to affect based on the metrics I have through Artist Insights. Sure. For sure. So do you have a strategy for choosing the number of songs? I know before you said it, a lot of things depend on the size of your playlist and you kind of just laid out like a network for about 30 songs or whatever. How have you gone about finding what the magic number is, at least for you? It's kind of trial and error okay. still. 40, 35 to 45 songs is what I'm staying in, the, the window I'm staying in now. Uh-huh. But I think maybe you have room to get up to 50, 60. Again, if you, get, if you just start dropping albums in and you're, you got 800 songs on your playlist, that may or may not work. But then I think about, is it active? And how does it help the artists that are on there? I want to keep it fresh and current. So for me, 
So far, it's worked really well between 35 and 45. And some weeks and some months, it might bump up over 40. Some weeks, some months, it might drop down to 36, 37, 35, something like that. The extra songs you're adding in and out, like when you say it's fluctuating in size, are those songs for a specific reason that you're bumping them up that way, like that you're increasing your playlist size, or is it just kind of like whatever you're feeling at the time? It's a, to be perfectly honest, it's a bit of what I'm feeling. Yeah. But you know, if I've had like a newsboy song in yeah. for a long time, and again, it's important to kind of have some of the mainstay artists, I think, to anchor your playlist. Absolutely. But they have a new single come out, right? Mm-hmm. I might swap that out. Or if somebody hasn't had an album out in a couple of years and, you know, it's just they eventually will and they'll be back on there. But it's those those sorts of things that how songs come in and out. And I might try a song, you know, for a little while. People pitch songs all the time. And mm-hmm. and if they're great and I love them, I'll throw them on there. Again, just to keep the size, though, I just don't keep accumulating yeah, yeah. and adding songs. I like to keep it like active. Like to phase it in and out. Yeah. Exactly. That's great. So, and after that, when you're finally done with the songs you love, mm-hmm. the songs other people love, five biggest songs, then you can start looking at your own songs. And depending on the size of your playlist, I wouldn't go anywhere from one to four. You really don't want to overwhelm with yours. To be perfectly honest, I started this to promote my own music. So I don't apologize for having my songs on there, but it does something really interesting. You You choose your best songs, just as you would if you were pitching to anybody, the ones that fit best in that genre with that playlist. But there you... You go two to three songs, I think is probably, I've read and don't know this, but if you put too many, Spotify will actually punish the playlist in the search rankings. I've heard that. I don't know if that's true. It'd be interesting to find out. If you are an artist and you put too many of your own songs from you as an artist in that playlist. Right. And I think there's something to the integrity of the playlist too, that you're really trying to serve the the listener and the user and not just push your music on people. Yeah, That's a big deal. We all get a little excited and want people to love our music and want them to hear everything. But I think if you could just hold back, take your best song, your best two or three songs and strategically place them throughout in the playlist, that's probably a best practice. Great. Yeah, man. So once you've done and built your playlist, listen to it and use it. Hopefully you'll like listening to it, but ask your friend, like, like my mom, here's a great playlist in the halls of our church where I work and the offices we listen to. Christian music 2017 sometimes and worship music 2017 <laughs> sometimes, but it's used a lot in our house yeah. with my kids. Playlists are used often. I want them to be used and I'm asking people, I'm telling people about the playlist yeah. in different ways. Also, when you listen to it, you hear the flow. We assume sometimes people hit shuffle and then Spotify determines what order they're listening to. But if you, a lot of people just hit play. And if you hit play, how how does this flow in your your work day? You know, as you start mm-hmm. with a fast song, you start with a slow song, you get the the ballad or the the mid tempo, all of that stuff. How does it feel to you listening? Do you get bored listening to it? And then more importantly than that, if your songs are in there, now you can start to evaluate how do your songs stack up with the best that's out there. Mm-hmm. And that's been an incredible thing for me uh, as an artist to listen to my songs in context with everything else and say, okay, here's what I need to work on. This is as a songwriter, as a as someone who we record projects, and how does this stacking up with what else is out there? Yeah. And that's very eye opening. Sometimes very humbling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, well, go ahead, keep going through your no, list. I'm and then I'll son, ask my questions. Promote it daily. <laughs> Spend a little bit of time every day yeah. to promote your playlist, and whether that's social media. Obviously, that's the low-hanging fruit. You already have people, hopefully, who are interested in your music and they would be interested in you, a curated playlist by just, or your friends. You know, hey, you know people listen to Christian music? Hey, I got this playlist. You should check it out. I think you'd like it. Again, I think of my mom. You know, it's very easy for her to just to 
transition from what she knows to a technology she's not as familiar with. But if I make it easy for her, and this actually makes it easy for her and serves her, mm. there are many people like her. And then finally, the last thing is update. Update your playlist, stay on top of it. I try to commit to changing things out monthly. It's probably a little more frequently than that. But update it in sense of, of moving songs in and out, moving positions of songs, and checking stats. Like you're going to want to check and see like the good, good father effect, right? right yeah. If some, you've moved something out and there seems to be less engagement, well, why was that? And again, you, you only can really get a picture of that if you're kind of on top of it every day and looking at it kind of consistently. So your playlist is Christian Music 2017. Does it change to 2018 next year? It was 2016 last year, and you can change titles of, of playlists on any time you want. And I just, instead of have 116, I just, it's current. There's songs from 2015 on there, yeah. Yeah. you know, and there's brand new songs that came out last week on there. So yeah, I just changed with it. It makes it look fresh and, and new, and, and it is. I'm up, up to date on them, I think. So. so you've obviously put a lot of time learning and investing and really pouring into Spotify, I assume there had to be some kind of frustration that led up to you saying, you know what, I'm going to do it a different way. What was that for you as an artist? We released a, a song to radio and it, you know, it was played by a few stations, didn't really catch fire or do anything. And we, we spent money doing that and marketing money with, along with Daywin and just realized it's one of, this is going to happen one of two ways. Either we're going to have a smash hit and it's going to go to radio and that's going to raise our profile, whichever, but that's everybody's dream, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, I've been doing this a long time and traveling in different bands for, you know, 15 years now. You know that this is a long process where you get better with everything you do. You meet people on the road, you play shows, you, you get out there. And as your base grows, there's a, there's a platform and a market for your music that you make. And so when the radio thing kind of didn't take off like wildfire on our last album, it was like, okay, what do we do now? You know, we have this album, we have this project, we're going to do these camps, we have these dates, thankfully, we're going to sell product at the table, that's, that's great, but outside of what, who the physical people we are in front of, how are we going to get our music to as many people as possible? Mm. And if you're in, in music, you want people to hear your music, if you're in ministry, you want people to hear the gospel and know that you love Jesus. And that's why I do this. I have four kids. I'm on staff at my church. There's a bigger picture in all of this. And if it's not worth my time and I can't get the message out, then why am I doing this? Mm. And you have these honest, hard questions you have to ask. And it became there. I'm going to fulfill my obligations. I'm going to go to these camps. I'm going to lead worship. I'm going to do these conferences. I'm going to do all these dates. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to serve at my church. And man, I'm going to, I'm going to start to figure out there are people out there that love our music. How do I get our music to them? And man, yeah. Spotify, I could not say more great things about them and how they have kind of allowed access to guys like me and yeah. bands and artists like us to see the data and to have the opportunity to do what we do. And we've seen now it come back on the back end. We've seen a lot of people contacting us mm -hmm. like, hey, we heard your music on Spotify. We've booked shows through these playlists and being yeah. found on Spotify. We have even the conversations. Stop, stop right there yeah. for a second. That, what you just said right there was not possible five years ago. Absolutely not. So uh, you book shows based off of who's listening to your music on Spotify. Sure. How do you do that? Honestly, they hear us on this playlist. I think we have 40,000 monthly listeners right now. And if they like a song and they save it and I see those saves, somewhere in there, somebody's gone to our Facebook page or somebody's linked to our website and they found our contact information and said, hey, I love your song. 
And I'd love to talk to you about coming to this event, lead worship at this event. And then even things we have done in the past. I mean, your, your Spotify presence has grown. I mean, 40,000 monthly listeners is not shabby. No, um, for an not independent. at all. That's for, to me, think I'm writing songs that 40,000 people every month are hearing and listening yeah. and enjoying and saving. That's a big deal. Probably and so, over and over and over again, too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where... Spotify and streaming, it's not that it replaces radio, but it provides a completely different experience. And really for artists that are in your position, it's a significant advantage because you have so much control over who hears your music, where they hear it, how they hear it. Absolutely. It's also changed the way we we think about releasing and, and writing music. I think we've released two singles this year. Mm-hmm. One in January, one in March, and one will be coming in here this month. And just to keep the, the release cycle instead of, Whole, release an album every two to three years and we can get it finished. It's, let's just finish a song and get it out. Yeah. And that's changed the game completely too, the way we approach all of it. There's more consistent content coming out often and consistently. Mm, that's good. That's great, yeah. So, we'll go ahead. I was just going to back up to when you, when you said talking about the shows earlier. So, at your shows, you're booking shows based off the Spotify. Are you pushing people to your Spotify at these shows or how are you are you driving them to your music in some way at these same shows like how does that all work now that you're more in the digital realm of things it's funny because two years ago when our album came out I'll never forget this was kind of a uh, one of those uh, paradigm shift moments mm-hmm. uh, the day our record released we did that big pre-order campaign mm-hmm. and I'm still in this mindset of I need to move units right yeah. yeah and I'll never forget a college kid came in my office and I said, he congrats, hey, release day, great. Man, heard the album, it's fantastic. And I asked, oh, did you pick it up on iTunes? He said, no, I'll listen on Spotify. And I remember being like, dang it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. to me, it, at the time, it was $10 of revenue versus one thousandth of a cent, Yeah, right? And it didn't compute to me. Just, But I did learn in that moment, the game has completely changed. Yeah, If my college students at my church are not, they have no use for a, a, a CD right now. I've got to get on board with this. So it's changed at, at shows to answer your question. Yeah. Now, where I was a little timid to say, hey, go check us out, on, go stream us on Spotify. Now it's the first thing I say. Yeah. Add us to your playlist. Add us to your favorite Christian music playlist. Listen to us. Go to sleep listening to us, by all means. I don't <laughs> say it, but yeah, why not? You know. But yeah, it's changed the, my entire mindset and approach that people are paying not for ownership of music, but access to music. And how do we make it more accessible to them and easier for them to get? So do you still sell physical CDs? We, we do. Yeah, we do. There's still, you know, we bundle a lot and do a, you know, you get t-shirt and CD together and there's still people in the Christian music industry. And there, I think there will always be a place for physical product. I'm still a guy that likes to own things I really love. Like whether I'll still buy a CD, you know, vinyl is growing like crazy, you know, and I think there's still something that that's, that's irreplaceable in sense of people like to collect the art and have it in their house and put it as a unique sound. Um, So I think there's always a place for that, but Man, it, it, there's no doubt streaming is the, the future. So talk about, is it, we've focused a lot on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Now there's Apple Music, there's Deezer, there's Tidal. Have you experimented with any of these other platforms? At some point, I've, I've had premium accounts on all of them just to learn. I mean, we're, we're trying to get a crash course on how all this works. They're all have strengths and weaknesses. I'm a big fan of, a really big fan of Apple Music. I think they're doing incredible things. I'm a big fan of, what's the one? Uh, Tidal's great. Um, Deezer is another one I'm really fond of. And they all have some strengths. I would say the thing that kind of pushes me to Spotify, and I, I get, you don't want to endorse, but they're the only ones that allow user-generated search 
engine playlists to be, you can't do what I'm doing on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. It's all curated and it's, it, there's still gatekeepers even to the playlists. Mm. They only promote label driven in their own playlist, which there's advantage. I understand why and there's advantages to that. Yep. Google doesn't even list playlists on Google Play. It's just radio stations and, and artists. And title, same thing. It's all title curated. So you couldn't be a guy like me and just start a title playlist and then a lot of people find it. Now Deezer does. Deezer does the is very social driven and they want you to interact with each other. And there's people that find your playlist the same way it works on Spotify. Deezer's more international. It's bigger in Europe. Mm-hmm. And the, so the Christian music market's a little smaller, but it's fascinating too. And I've enjoyed making playlists on Deezer also. Talk about what this has equated to in terms of actual numbers for you as an artist. As far as like revenue? Well, I mean, maybe not revenue, but how many plays are you getting? You know, I mean, you you guys have a pretty significant following for being an independent act. Yeah, Yeah. I think we went over last fall, we went over a million plays total, which is a big milestone. Yeah, it's awesome. And it took us way less time to get to 2 million plays, which we hit, I think, in February of this year. And now we're well on our way to three. I find that as we release new songs, those are the ones that are the most played. And now we're gaining traction with some of some other, and Spotify's picking up, like their daily New Music Weekly and and Mm -hmm. Follow Friday, those sort of things that they have and they push. Our songs are often in there and we find that that generates a lot as well. So, man, I think we were well over 2 million plays as of February, 40,000 monthly listeners. Our two newest singles are well established in our top five. So we're seeing a lot. And actually, and, and again, it's not like we're all going to Hawaii and retiring money. <laughs> but I mean, for an independent artist, it's actual, it's consistent re- revenue. Man, for the way things have been, to make money that's not selling a t-shirt or being booked for a show, that's huge. And, w- and you're literally not having to go drive anywhere to get yeah. that. 90 minutes a day is what it's taken me to, to kind of keep this going. So you're telling me now is a great time to get into the music industry. It's honestly... I would argue it may be one of the best times. We don't know what the future holds. And we always have a tendency to kind of bring the past with us. And well, remember, but man, it's uncharted territory. And that's why it's so important to kind of get a grasp of what's happening right here, right now with digital music and streaming. Because I think 10 years from now, it's going to be be crazy how we see growth and how music and the the entire entertainment industry changes. Mm. it's, It's a lot, man. That's deep. It's just working in it too and watching how it changes just on our side. It's incredible. And to meet a guy like you who, I mean, we met you through one of our artists being added to your playlist. It's just the level of community that the streaming also creates is just so cool, especially on Spotify because you can search user-based playlists and all that. Have you found yourself coming together with other artists and stuff to try and enhance like their exposure and everything as well? Or how has that been on your side of things? Uh, to some extent, it really has been limited to who has approached us through the, for, through the playlist. Because again, I don't, this, you know, pastor artist. there, there's plenty and four little boys, mm-hmm. there's plenty of time. I don't, it's not another job to me, but I do check the accounts and the emails and I do listen to everything everybody sends me. And through that, I've met a couple of artists that are fantastic. Yeah. One guy in particular from California who was one of the first to approach me about listening to his music. And, and I listened, man, I loved his EP. And I plugged it on all three. And, and man, just to see his, to go to his page now and to see his movement and to know that we were a part, a little yeah. part of that. Yeah. It's refreshing to know that, man, I, 
I've kind of found this guy and, and he's doing incredible things. And so, yeah, there is a lot of like, again, this is, this podcast is probably a lot of people don't know I do this. So, um, I, I've already been thinking about, oh, I'm probably gonna get a phone call or two from, from friends who are like, Hey, so you got this big playlist and my art, I'm not. So, but I want to love the music yeah. and there's definitely camaraderie or people who do this and, and write and are struggling and not a struggling is the wrong word, but just working hard to yeah. figure out how to make it in the industry. Yeah. And man, with so many years of, of bad news behind us, it's really cool to share this story and say, hey man, don't stop. Just keep swinging. Yeah. It, yeah. It's getting better and there's more opportunities and, and make great music. Just keep working. There's no magic formula. Again, even for us, if our next song isn't better, it's not going to yeah, keep yeah. progressing and growing. And that's the bottom line. This isn't just like a shortcut to getting my terrible music and if it's if it's not good it's not going to last and go far anyway right so i was going to ask too following up on kind of where you just were so now that you have this playlist and that you're injecting your songs into it and you're kind of doing just a constant release cycle as opposed to saving up for like one big project have you found that you're writing and or producing differently because you know your songs are going to sit in the middle of this 35 song mass to get out to people like have you have you started to approach it differently like have you raised a bar or anything like that or ha what's it look like now in you writing and creating music now that you have the playlist yeah i think that we now think about it's funny the two songs we released this year are both five minute ballads mm -hmm. which is probably not like the best songs for streaming and playlists but i'm really proud of them they're great yeah, songs they're great for easter but so now i'm thinking okay we let's keep it in the keep it shorter. We need to do some some happy, joyful, grooving songs and get those out too. And so, yeah, I do think about, is this going to work for streaming? You, you know, it, again, it, there's a lot of consistency between what you used to hear writing for radio and writing for streaming, that people's attention spans are small. So you want to get right, get to the course as quick as possible. You don't want to have these big, long intros that, that people are going to, you don't want people skipping through the next song. You want to keep their attention and get something else and you want them to listen through to the end. Yeah. And there's, there's strategies to do that. So yeah, definitely in, in co-writes, we're always talking about, not necessarily in co-writes as much, but more in production when you get yeah. there. Yeah, we just cut, we got to cut it down. We got to, people skip during this section. I get bored here and always reevaluating in those terms. Sure. So as we're closing out, is there one piece of advice that you would give to the independent artist out there who is maybe where you were a couple of years ago and frustrated that maybe radio is not playing their songs, having trouble booking shows? Is there anything that you would want to leave them with? If you're doing this for, I would assume, the right reasons that you believe in, in your calling, in your, your ministry, and A, don't give up. Things are looking better and make your next thing better than the last thing. Just know that the project you're currently in, we get so excited about it and that's great and it's fantastic, but it's just a, a stair step to the next thing that's gonna be better. And if you can always not let yourself get like crazy too excited about what you're currently doing, knowing that the next thing's gonna be better. This isn't the magic silver bullet that's gonna launch me to stardom. And if that was your goal to begin with, you're probably gonna fizzle out pretty quickly. But man, just make your next thing better than your last thing and know that there's an avenue and a platform for your music to be heard. And if it's good, and if you keep getting better, man, people are going to hear it. They're going to like it. And there's a place for you. Good. That's great. David Franklin slash <laughs> Dustin Fennison, thank you for taking the time to be here with us on the Full Circle Music Show. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Before we wrap up this week's episode, we just wanted to share a few of the reviews that we got this past week. 
Berry Boy Music says, This is the most informative podcast available for anyone in the music business. I love how they cover every aspect of the industry. The Full Circle Music crew is awesome. GW1 says, I'm a fan of this podcast. There are so many heavy hitters on the roster that reveal their stories and their advice. It's a great resource for musicians, singers, writers, engineers, and producers. And Brittany Scott says, This is a great podcast with tons of valuable content for music creators. Love getting to hear from the pros, and I always feel inspired to be a better songwriter. Thank you to everyone who has left us a review already. Your feedback not only helps new people discover our show, but it also helps us improve the show. So thank you so, so much for your input. There's only a few days left in May, so if you haven't left a review yet, you have to do so. We still have 24 more reviews to go to reach our goal. Just click the Write a Review button right there in iTunes. It'll only take you a second. We're dying to hear what everyone thinks of the show. Thanks again, and we'll see you all next week. Hi, this is Seth Mosley. And this is X O'Connor. And you've been listening to the Full Circle Music Show, the why of the music biz. This has been a production of the Full Circle Music Company with editing help from Jordan Salamoni. And once again, we want to encourage you to head over to our Instagram. It's at Full Circle Music Co. Follow us on there. That's Full Circle Music Co. And we've got a lot going on. You're not going to want to miss out. We're actually moving to a new studio. So we're going to be documenting that. Follow us on Instagram. And if you know somebody who is interested in the music business, maybe somebody who already is working in it or is wanting to be working in it, share this podcast with them. Absolutely. There's lots to learn for everyone out there. So make sure to share it with your friends and we'd love to have them come listen. We'll see you next week.